Hey there, Chris Comrie here with the Glance Recruiting with Data podcast. Got a great one here today. Uh, it's with Ryan Batchelor. He is currently the new VP of People Operations at a startup in Raleigh called Filter Easy. Um, he has spent some time at a couple other different companies in the Raleigh Durham area um, and brings tons of knowledge and experience. He's also the founder of HR Fuel, a new conference where you come in and not one of those conferences where you just learn and get fired up and then you leave, but you actually learn and take home with you some practical knowledge and things to really improve um, and, and revamp and, and improve your recruiting. Uh, we talked about why it's super important to find a mentor early and how to do that. Uh, we even talked a little bit about pet insurance. Uh, yep, like your dog or your cat, pet insurance. It's a really great episode. Thanks again, Ryan, for volunteering. And if you want to reach out to Ryan, you can find him on Twitter at Ryan underscore Bachelor. Uh, hope you enjoy this one. Ryan Bachelor, been in the recruiting and HR world for almost 20 years at this point. And now I'm working at a another startup as their VP of People Operations. Cool. And, and how did you, how, how has your recruiting career gone? Did you always know you wanted to be a recruiter? Did you start out doing something differently? Tell us about how that, how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I did not always think about being a recruiter. I actually ran a construction company mm -hmm. for a couple of years. And then after doing that, my my grandfather, who was in a construction company, said, you need to go to school and do something that is not this. So I went to undergrad to do information systems. And once I finished undergrad, I went to Hawaii Pacific and discovered the, the magic that is HR. So I got my master's in human resource management. Shortly thereafter, I was working for Hyatt Resort in Hawaii uh, and realized that my passion really lies with people and helping people uh, change their lives, I guess, uh, whether it's for the better or worse, <laughs> either way they, they make a change. So my, my recruiting started by default. I got a job in LA as an HR auditor and Ended up moving through a few different jobs there, ultimately working in the recruiting world, doing light industrial, uh, light industrial cable network engineer staffing, and really found that that's, that's what I love. I, I like the, the thrill of the hunt to find the right person to, to fill a job, and then also finding out all there is to know about people and what they're looking to do next and see how I can help them connect those dots. Wow, that that's pretty interesting. I haven't heard of anyone starting in construction and then moving over to um, the recruiting world. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, it's always interesting to hear about how people got involved and how people got their start, really. Um, so what is what does your day-to-day -day look like now? So right now I'm the director of HR and director of talent, which 
they defaulted into the people operations title. So my job is to help them go from the company that nobody knows about to the company that everyone wants to work at and nobody leaves. So what that translates to is talent attraction, talent retention, uh, setting up HR process, so setting up all the benefits, ancillary or otherwise, and working with the management team to really define our, our culture as it is and the culture that we want it to be in the future. Okay. Hmm, so how do you do that? <laughs> Trial and error. So <laughs> um, from the talent attraction part, it's a lot of recruitment marketing, figuring out so recruitment marketing, figuring out where people are quote unquote hanging out and then target them in those hangouts. So that could be jumping on GitHub to find some technical people or Stack Overflow or joining some different Slack channels and starting to promote the company inside of those Slack channels hosting meetup groups. So that's kind of the, the talent attraction side. From the retention side, it's asking employees what they want and seeing if you can make it happen. So yeah, it's it's asking employees what they like, what they've seen at other places, what they would love us to to add into our our offerings. And then hopefully giving it to them. <laughs> um, from the HR process and defining benefits, it's the same thing. Getting outside of the traditional management and HR silo where we decide what employees want for them and asking them what they want. They may not care anything about FSA or that might be their primary benefit that they want to add to your, your cafeteria plan. Um, they might want pet insurance. They might want ID theft protection. Some employees nowadays really care about, yeah, pet insurance. <laughs> um, offer pet insurance? Uh, in January, that will be part of our offering. So I've been in my current company wow. for a month at this point. Uh, my last company, I was there for two and a half years. So... With this this new company, it's establishing everything from essentially scratch. So new handbook or employee uh, acclimation document is more what I like to refer to as a handbook. But yeah, we offer pet insurance where a lot of employees now are asking for life insurance benefits. So adding that and what I've found is even if the employer doesn't cover any of the cost of those things, just the fact that you're offering makes the employees feel more valued and more heard because they asked you to do something and you did it. Um, but gym memberships, on-site flu vaccines, bring your family to work day, like all of those are are things that employees are asking for now. Oh, that's pretty cool. And what impact do you think 
all those things have on have on a company. I mean, a lot of those things are kind of costly. How do you how do you explain to to management and executive team that hey, this is a good investment? Well, there's a lot of surveys out there about how much it costs to replace an employee. So I I use that data. You know, if if the cost is $30,000 depending on the employee, what does it really cost us? If we add a gym membership that we cover the cost of, which we do for that particular thing, and our attendance goes up 35% because of it, how much productivity are we gaining versus how much are we spending? So helping those managers see the full picture of, yes, it might cost us a little bit, but what's the return? The same on getting our name out there as a place that really values employees. If we post a job and we're able to fill it with the right person in less than a month, where where's the benefit versus posting it out there and nobody knowing who you are or whether they should work there or not, and it taking you six months to fill it. Yeah. So I really guide the leadership team into to, yeah. And you found in your experience those things generally pay off? Yeah. So like I mentioned before, the employer doesn't have to cover the cost of all of those things. You just have to offer them. So, like with pet insurance, we're not going to cover the cost of pet insurance, but we're offering it as an ancillary benefit to let the employees know, we heard you ask for this. We're going to offer it as a benefit through us. Gotcha. That makes sense. The same with, you know, the, the life insurance benefit. For a lot of our employees, it's very, very low cost. Okay, cool. And and what what kind of things have you learned over the years that you wish you would have known when you were first getting started? A lot of our listeners are are new to recruiting or young or are trying to learn new things. What do you think you wish you would have known when when you were first getting started? Find a mentor. So when I first started in in HR. Um, yeah, I was straight out of getting my master's degree and getting certified, and I thought I knew everything, right? I could conquer the world by myself. What I learned very quickly is that attitude caused me a lot of mistakes, which mistakes can uh, can be beneficial, right, as long as you learn from them. But at the same time, you don't really want to make mistakes very often, and without leaning to other people and, and listening to their guidance, that was the, the big key for me. So as a recommendation and if I were to do if I were to start all over in any new industry, I would find some of those quote unquote thought leaders um, and connect with them. Usually they're more than willing to share 
some of the mistakes that they've made and some of the, well, just things that they've done, whether it be positive or negative. So I would, I would seek out those people. I waited a long time to, to start listening to others. And now it helps a lot, but it would have been great 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what 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 have you seen do do the best organizations do differently than everyone else? Put value on the people. So I've been fortunate enough, especially in the last couple of jobs or career moves, if you will, to work for CEOs that really knew the value of treating people well. And to me, it can be as simple as not referring to your people as human capital or not referring to the talent attraction piece as talent acquisition. So moving that that shift from referring to people as money and connecting them with the bottom line to referring to people as people and realizing that they're each going to have unique and different strengths that if you can utilize properly, will take your company to the next level. Well, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I think we've seen a lot of that. It seems like that that mental is starting to change, certainly not there yet, and certainly lots of work to do, but it seems like that is, that is starting to happen. Would you agree? Not as, as quickly as you would hope. <laughs> Yeah, the you do a, a search for core HR software, and the first page of listings will all list human capital management. Um, so, in some some ways, it's shifting. Unfortunately, it's mostly happening happening at smaller companies, so it doesn't take as much doesn't reap as much benefit. Yeah, I I can definitely understand that. Um, and last question for you: um, what What do you think would be valuable for people that are are listening to this? What 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 should they do? What can What one piece of advice or um, one tangible action item can they go out and do today to to improve themselves? Sure. So if if you're moving into the HR world, set up one on one meetings with all your employees. So, you know, as long as that scales, obviously, if you have to select a subset, maybe it's one per department per week. But get to know those employees and set up that rapport in the very beginning so that when there is issues or when there are issues, you've got that connection. And you, as long as you do the right training and dig a little bit, you can connect with them. Instead of taking your bias into a conversation, you can try to relate to where they may may be coming from bringing this issue to your attention. So from the HR side, the more meetings you can set up on an individual basis with the employees, the better your connection and the faster you can make improvements. From all different sides, take some sales training 
one of the the things that I hear a lot is HR people want a quote seat at the table. The problem with that is so many HR people don't know how to ask for it or how to just assume the seat. So taking some sales training and learning how to properly uh, influence people so that instead of you having to earn that seat necessarily, the CEO will just come up with the idea because you've put little, little tidbits for them to think about along the way. And all of a sudden they come up with this marvelous idea that you've been planting for six months of, Hey, Ryan should be involved in that conversation. So that's the HR overall from the talent side. Be okay with saying, I don't know. Even if you do have an idea of what this person, what their experience might be, ask them. Hey, I've never done your job. Tell me about it. It's only going to take you further and further. The more questions you ask, the more they get to to talk about themselves, the better you'll have an understanding for those roles so that you can move into the step of, you know, having a, a one in three hire ratio for interviews for your hiring managers and you know, filling jobs within a week or two weeks because everyone is starting to talk about the experience that they have, whether you hire them or not. So those are those are kind of my my tidbits that it would have been great to know 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really valuable stuff and certainly um, – Definitely tangible things that people can do today. You know, get the get those meetings rolling, get get them on the calendar, get them scheduled, and and really start to learn the different positions. So, thanks a lot for that. Um, if if people want to continue the dialogue with you or reach out, um, how can they do that? I'm so where, on where Twitter. Find you. Sure. So I'm on Twitter, Ryan underscore Bachelor. Uh, you can email me at talent. ARB at gmail.com or find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. If, if you want to go the resume portfolio route, I'm very easy to find on LinkedIn. Awesome. Cool. Well, well thanks a lot, Ryan. Um, I really appreciate it. And this has been an awesome episode. So uh, thanks a lot for, for volunteering your time today. No problem at all. Thanks, Chris.